0: I'm Cassie DiPola and am honored to welcome Issa Ferreira to launch our Be Fearless Month theme at Consequential Flowers. Welcome to Leadership Seeds Podcast, Episode 4, Be Fearless. Issa oversees Latin American admissions for Penn State Law and LLM program. Furthermore, she facilitates collaborations with law schools, bar associations, governmental and educational institutions in Latin America. Issa has rich professional experience as a public defender and human rights lawyer in her home country, Honduras. In addition to working with law firms and handling pro bono cases, she has worked with the American Law Institution as a researcher. Bilingual in English and Spanish, she has a considerable experience in gender studies, immigration, and environmental law. She is highly passionate about helping people in need, particularly in areas of immigration, domestic violence, and social justice. Issa has been at the forefront of activities at Penn State Law Center for Immigration Rights Clinic, including helping prepare individuals in their asylum claims and advocating on behalf of detained families in their credible fear interview. Her education includes she is a graduate of the JD program at the National University of Honduras class of 2015 as well as a graduate of Penn State Laws LLM program class of 2017 and is a current Master's of International Affairs candidate at Penn State School of International Affairs. Isa, could you please tell us about your journey coming to Penn State and the United States?
1: Hi, Cassidy. First, um, let me tell you, I'm very grateful and honored to be here with you today and to share a little bit about my story, hoping that it will, you know, inspire other people and knowing that no matter what you're going through, there's always a way out. So, how I got to Penn State Law, it, it is quite, quite a story. Like you mentioned, I am from Honduras. Um, I am a lawyer back home. I came in 2016 to study an LLM program, a Master's of Law, and you know I wasn't that convinced to apply at the beginning. Um, I had a a very dear professor of mine, a mentor, who told me, you know, you should you should try, you should go and you know try to apply to different universities around the world because you know someone like you needs to needs to expand her horizons and it needs to see other things out there and and that's a scary thing to do you know i i was i was hesitating like should i do this should i go abroad should i just you know take that big risk get out of a comfort zone and, and I did, I apply and, you know, just the whole journey of getting, getting a visa approved and coming here was, was a leap of faith. I, I remember I got my tickets without having my visa approved. I had my visa interview on a Monday and got my visa approved. And then I had to get my passport and it usually standard takes around nine days. And I just had like four more days in the country. So um, I remember I went to the US Embassy and I tried to to get my passport on a Friday afternoon around 3 p.m. And it, it was it was a challenge. I was not even allowed to come into the US Embassy. And I didn't have an appointment, you know. The only way you can get in there is with an appointment, but I did had uh, spoken to uh, someone in the embassy first and asked if I could get my passport earlier so I can leave on Sunday that same week. Um, it was a whole struggle. I I had to do even the impossible. You know, that's you know calling other friends of ours that you know were U.S. citizens that could get into the embassy and and I managed and and then you know. Two days later, I was I was in Penn State Law and just kind of experiencing a new, different academic world, a new, different environment. Um, you know, you I could tell that I was not home anymore. But not every changes is, is for worse. Some changes are for good, right? And that's that's how I got to Penn State Law in twenty sixteen to study an LLM and, at Penn State Law.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, throughout that story, there were multiple um, examples of you being fearless. And I think that that's just amazing. This month's theme was inspired by a letter you actually wrote about being fearless during Hispanic Heritage Month. Could you please elaborate on what you meant by being fearless in this letter?
1: Yes, of course. So um, for the Hispanic Heritage Month, I'm always so honored to to be invited to be part of it. Just just like I'm here um, to share a little bit more about my background. And in that um, this particular year, because of the pandemic and because of how things are so different now, uh, they decided to launch a website in which they highlighted the story of different. Um, different Latinos in the community and their story, how they got here. So I, I felt very inspired in that letter. And it was a letter, you know, from a fearless woman. And that's how I named it because it, it just gives an idea of what my mission and life, what my goals are. And, you know, it, it just, and it's like a tribute to, all the women in my life that have made me who I am right now. I come from generations and generations of women who have been abused of generations of women that have fought to get to a higher educational level and to just kind of, you know, push through the barriers. Right. So my idea for the Hispanic heritage month was to, just encourage all those women out there who are probably facing similar uh, challenges of breaking stereotypes, of, of breaking not just gender but also racial stereotypes as a woman of color. So um, that's why I wrote that letter, and it, it is very personal and is a very you know letter that I wrote from the heart. Um, and like I said, at some point I I'm hoping that my sister can reach higher level than what I have. She can accomplish more, right? So that's how I I got uh, inspired to write that message.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, You've already shared so many examples of being fearless, but could you possibly talk about another time when you were fearless or had to be?
1: You know, sometimes we are not aware of when are we actually being brave? It's something that just clicks in immediately. It's like a survival method, right? Like a mechanism. I think that women in general were fearless every day. Um, every day that we wake up, every day that we do something, we have to push through uh, barriers that sometimes, you know, they're they're very established and mainly when you're trying to. Uh, get into an academic and professional life. So I would say that there's not a particular you know, moment that I remember being fearless because being fearless doesn't mean not being scared. Uh, fearless women can also be scared. That's, that's part of it. But being fearless is what do you do when you're scared? What do you do when you face a challenge? Um, you just have to go through it and you have to overcome it, right?
0: Yes. You just mentioned about um, being fearless in your career. Could you talk more about um, times that you were fearless in your career or examples?
1: I think that law it's a it's a male dominated career in Honduras, and I think that when I graduated uh, university or law school, um, my first job was as a public defender and. and that was very, very difficult for s- being so young and being in front of people who have different backgrounds. And, you know, and I'm not talking about just the criminals that you're representing or clients that you're representing, but you're also, you know, just diving into a whole court system that has been established and you know, mainly male dominated and not just that, but being very young. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you add being a woman of color, being young, um, you know, just breaking stereotypes that you're actually doing your job because of, of your capacity or because of your, you know, uh, because you're smart and capable. Um, it that's, that's a challenge there. And, and that's, that's the time that you have to be fearless. And I feel like, you know, in law, you kind of have to force yourself to, to be your own advocate. And, and that is something, something that we have to learn. But mainly we need to acknowledge that we are our own advocates every day.
0: Yes, I think that that's definitely something that our listeners can learn from. Actually, I have an example of you being fearless. When we met, you were actually interrupted during a presentation that you were giving. And you asked the person who interrupted you to let you finish. And another really interesting part of that sort of interaction of us meeting during your interruption, another woman in the classroom actually asked, spoke up for you and also asked if You could be heard. And I think that that's so important because she was speaking up for a another woman who was her colleague and she wanted to advocate for you and she did. So how can our members learn to be more fearless like yourself? Like that was such a great experience for me as a young graduate student. And I'll never forget that.
1: Thank you so much, Cassidy. It's very kind of you that you remember that. Um, you know, like I told you, like sometimes uh being for fearless has nothing to do with planning it. Like, or okay, I am not going to focus my 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 concentration is not going to go into every time I get this question or I'm in this situation. I am going to respond this way. Um, it's more of an instinct. It's just like comes by inertia. Right. Um, I think that a lot comes from, you know, having self-confidence when you know what you're talking about, when you're passionate about what you're doing, um, having that security that you're owning your own, your, your words and your points of views and, and you're owning whatever you believe in. And that moment, um, I'm a hundred percent sure that, you know, we are capable to stop anyone and be like, no, no, no wait, let me finish. Um, It is very common. I think that my experience in court in Honduras helped me a lot with that. You get interrupted all the time. You get interrupted by your client. You get interrupted by the judge. You get interrupted by the prosecutor. I mean, at least that's my my experience in in my home country. Mm -hmm. But it is something that we need to be not aware. It's just like a daily practice, like a habit every day we have to just kind of remind ourselves that we're going to wake up and we're going to walk out the door and we're going to face the world with a lot of self-confidence and that's that's my that's my advice i mean it's not overthinking what we do it's not that we're never going to be scared it doesn't mean that we're always going to be right nothing like that it is just believing in yourself having, um, self-confidence and, you know, just studying, studying and becoming passionate till you know that you own your own, uh, your words and what you're saying. Um, it's very sweet that you remember that, but you know, it's really sweet also, and it's very nice. And I think it's a very good message for all of us women, uh, and mainly women of color that, you know, we just have different intersectionalities that, get into in the way. Right. But it's to support each other to, uh, know that we need to speak up. And we also have to be aware that, um, helping other women in our same situation or position, it's empowering the rest of us. So that, that message of unity among not just women uh, but just of minorities in general right um, I think is very important and mainly I, I like I'm telling you like I am a, a woman of color. I am very young uh, for many in my in my field and sometimes you just have to to take the extra step and being validated by one of your peers by your colleagues means a lot Because it means that you're not alone and that you're also acknowledging what's happening and what's wrong.
0: That's so true. I could not agree more. And could you maybe talk about some challenges that you faced as a woman of color in your career?
1: Well, I I think that um, it has been many times where I'm sitting in a room and, you know, everyone around me is, you know, twenty, thirty years. Older to me and typically male, so in that moment, I, you know, you do feel intimidated, and and you do feel like you have to prove extra, you have to work extra hard to prove that you're as capable as anyone else in the room, and it shouldn't be like that because we're all humans and we all should be respected regardless of our gender, race, and. Ethnicity, etc. We need to be respected as professional and as as human beings. But I would say that every time that I'm in a room and that I I'm surrounded by, you know, people older to me, typically male, and you know, many times I've gotten questions like, "So how did you got your job?" You know, and and that that's such a heavy question because uh, it encompasses many things like you know, do you have the capacity? What do you mean? Like, I'm not smart enough. So, you know, those are the times that you get challenged. But, you know, um, I think that from this type of challenges that uh, we can face as women of color, and regardless what field, what professional field you are, and in general in life, it's that we need to Take more courage out to actually just steady more, push forward. What is the next step in my career? What is the next step in where is my next goal? Where I'm gonna be heading? Like I feel like courage should be, uh, you know, just so lively in in you and in that moments like this. Instead of bringing you down, um, are meant for you to to get courage to push forward.
0: Yes. That's so true. And actually, like last week, I was reading an article and it talked about how men typically are promoted based on potential while women are promoted on their accomplishments. And this sort of translates to um, this is when a man thinks like he can do the job, but a girl did the job. And it takes so much more time to prove that you – can accomplish, then it takes to prove that you have potential. And I think that that sort of aligned with what you were saying, as women.
1: I totally agree. You know, and like, that's what I was telling you and add to being a woman, other intersectionalities that make it like, not just unique, but you know, even more challenging, but like being of color, being an immigrant. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many things that you need to prove uh, not just yourself, but you have to prove others. And that's a lot of pressure to handle. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot. But um, yeah, I mean, I have taken gender psychology classes in which we have learned that, you know, it's typically easier for a male to, um, you know, negotiate their salary than what it is for a woman. Right. Um, so it, it's very, it's very nice that you highlighted this because that's one of the things I would like, you know, other women may be going through this. Um just feel motivated to keep going because I know how you feel in that moment. Um sometimes you doubt yourself. Is is me being oversensitive or is this actually happening? Is it me uh, that I'm just reading between the lines too much or, or is it's this some subtle sexism or racism behind it? And it's a it's a mix of everything because remember that we have been uh, race in a in um in society with such a you know conservative social construct of how um how gender roles are established and how racial um roles are established, right?
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Isa. Uh, you've helped our community by sharing your story and helped us think about being more fearless and just through your examples, I think that our audience has definitely learned some ways that they can be more fearless. What can the Consequential Flowers community do to help you?
1: Well, thank you so much, uh, Cassidy. I, I think I, I'm so honored to, to be part of this. And I'm so honored that, you know, you guys have taught me so much and, you know, about myself. But I would say that The minute I came to Penn State Law for my LLM degree and I decided to move abroad, I had to be fearless. And having a platform like Consequential Flowers would have been so helpful for me. So I would say that what I I would want Consequential Flowers to do for me is to keep encouraging um, women of color like me who are taking risk in their life, who are right now pushing to the next level or going through those challenges to just keep us in a positive environment, just keep spreading positivity, support, and you know, just keep embracing this understanding community that you have built up that is so powerful and that I... I believe that it will have so much potential for, for other, other women like me.
0: Thank you everyone for listening and see you next time on Leadership Seats Podcast.